Hi, my name's Andy Cope and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting or insightful or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple, anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. All the pancakes, Lou. <laughs> Dear podcast listeners, I want to introduce you to one of my heroes, nay, heroines. Um, I knew her before I met her, so she's a big social media presence and a bit of a bit of a, there was a name on the circuit, a new name, and she was taking the world by storm. Um, so I'm going to introduce Jeanette. But what you need to know is that as the doctor of happiness, I deem her, I've diagnosed her as chronically happy. Um, I describe her as the Jessica Rabbit of personal development, which for those who don't know Jessica Rabbit, and I think I'm the only one who gets that reference, but uh, Jessica Rabbit was a sexy rabbit in the Bob Hoskins film. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? And she's that, that. I remember that rabbit saying, "I'm not bad. I'm just drawn this way," which I think is a really cool quote. And and she's very funny and super amazing, super positive, and I, actually a good buddy of mine. We are friends, aren't we, Shanette? Now, yeah, yeah. And we've worked together and we've written books together. I give to the world, Shanette Basson. How are you, girl? Ooh, I'm good, thank you. Right, Thanks. fantastic. Now I haven't got a plan. Uh, I thought it was pointless having. I normally have a plan at this point, and I know what I'm going to ask. But I thought there's no point out knowing you how I know you. There's no point having a plan. So I thought we'd delve into the old version of you, and then we'd come up to date with who you are, what you do, and what your stage thing is nowadays. So tell me, let's go back a few years before I knew you. Um, I was a primary school teacher, and I have got four children who are 20, 19, 18, 17. So that's a good reason to be happy because it sucks your happiness on a regular basis. And um, in fact, tonight there's just been a Nutella incident before I came on this call. Somebody has ate somebody's Nutella, and guess who it was? Me. <laughs> you've had a Nutella incident, but you've got over that, girl. You've got over that. But get over it. So um, before I met you, I, I lived in a bit of a fantasy world about life um, about because I used to watch the Waltons a lot when I was younger and I wanted that whole perfect pea shelling and when they went to bed, they snuffed out the candle and they shouted, night boy, night boy, night John boy. And in my little happiness world, I thought that you could just recreate that because no one ever roused in the Waltons about the washing up. Nobody says who's taking the bins out on Friday, do they? You know what I mean? I know. There's never been a Nutella incident in the Waltons, has there? No, it's all pumpkin pie and wholesome, good, good, good fun on Waltons Mountain. Yes. So, but I think I've, I've heard you talk about that in, in, um, in a couple of times and it makes me laugh, but it also makes me think because I think the point behind everything that you, you all the laughs and all the fun is a really serious message that sometimes life doesn't quite deal you what you imagined it was going to deal you. I mean, your life is great and all that, but you know, and there's a lot of people listening to this whose whose dreams sometimes don't quite turn out to be so dreamy. No, and I think you know, I've had two husbands. She didn't have two husbands on the Waltons. 
<laughs> but if anybody's listening, because it's a Jeremy Kyle world, all four children are to be first husband. I'm a four by one, not a four by four. Um, life doesn't work out how you want it to be. I, I, you know, some people it does. Some people it's like fabulous, but for me, it doesn't. It it hasn't worked out like that. But as I've got older, I've maintained my happiness more than most people. And that's the dance alarm. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> um, and I think most people would say to me that I was crazy or mad as a box of frogs. Like I think everybody works with somebody in the workplace who they, they go, oh, they're nice, but they're a little bit mental. But I don't think happy people are mental. I think as you get older, there's less of us. So we seem a bit crazy to the that's rest in, of the world. That's interesting. That is not. interesting. Yeah, there's less of us. What you mean by that, I think, is that we're all a little bit mental, a little bit crazy and off the happiness scale when we are about three. But gradually we get these layers and layers accumulated yeah. over us and we forget, don't we? And you haven't forgotten. That's the key thing is that you still maintain that sort of childlike yeah. glee almost. Yeah, I do. And and I still, when I'm driving along and the clouds are in the sky and I look at the clouds, I think, wow, look at that. It's a dragon. Oh, wow. But like, I'm 45. <laughs> a lemon sucker or a mood hoover might say to me, Jeanette, you need to stop looking at the clouds and you need to start keeping your eyes on the road and you need to start focusing on life. You know, do you see what I mean? And I think... The, the bit that I've stayed happy with is because I have that childlike outlook. I'm not childish, although I will dance to groovy music in supermarkets. And the other day I was doing that because, because I'm not bothered about what other people think because I'm happy. So I was doing that the other day and a lady come alongside me and we had like a dance off. And you know when, like we didn't video each other, we didn't put it on Facebook, it was just a moment between two people and we belly laughed as the song finished and we didn't even have a conversation, we just belly laughed and that's what I would like to be, that's what I would like life to be more of and that's why I'm so passionate about spreading happiness and working with you because I think that the more people understand that you can be happy, you, you can be childlike even if you're 70, even if you're 90, even if you're 105, you can still be but it's a choice. And you you genuinely have to choose it. Mm. The thing is, I come at this from 12 years of hard academic study and 130,000 academic words. And you just you just live it and understand it without having to study it, really. You know what I mean? I don't, but I don't know, is it, do you not feel, because what most human beings do is they, they conform to what is going on around them. So, so, so people gradually become this morass of mediocrity and the negativity and i don't know how you maintain your your effervescence and enthusiasm when sometimes the people around you aren't aren't sharing it you know what i mean how do you how do you stay there you just naturally are or you work at it i i think since i met you and since we've worked together in rock books i would genuinely say i work harder on my happiness now i know how to maintain it yeah you I, I I have down days, you know, I have down days, like like I had a down moment earlier and I just went and ate some Nutella and that isn't healthy to eat Nutella off a spoon. But when it hits my tummy, I felt happier. But, but I, before that down moment, whatever it was, would have kept me down for like 24 hours maybe, or maybe, and it was a situation with another person, which is usually the happiness sucker point. I have become more aware, one of my top tips is, 
become more aware of what sucks your happiness during your day. Like we have different jobs. So our days are never the same twice, really. Very rarely are they. But in, in, in normal life, you know, you go to work, you do, you go the same routine, you do the same thing. You come home, you have spaghetti bolognese on a Thursday. But there are certain points in your day that different things trigger unhappiness, you know? So, that, so then you've got to realize what are they and how can I deal with that? How can I, I know resilience is a word, but how can I build that? Do I need a jar and a teller in my cupboard to just go and have a spoonful and then feel better? And I know that's not healthy. It could be apples, couldn't it? But that doesn't make me happy. <laughs> yeah, but, you, but, you, but you've learned. It's really important because you're, you've learned what, what makes you happy and you do more of what makes you happy and less of what makes you yeah. miserable. And it's not a difficult concept, <laughs> yet most people, Shina, I meet are not like you. In fact, nobody that I meet is quite like you. And, and therefore, you make it look really easy. But if it was easy, everybody would be bonkers happy, wouldn't they? Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's hard either. I think we make way too much of it. I think actually, you know, well-being, okay, has become this word, this thing. And now we've all, now we've the pressure to be a well-being when actually, you know, we've got mindfulness because the world's minds are full of absolute rubbish. And that's because I think we've got more time. You know, nobody, I was talking about this to somebody, to, the, to my yoga teacher, Puddley, nobody scrubs the front step anymore. Nobody washes up, really. I saw something on Twitter the other day that said like one in 10 people wash up now. So we don't do as much manual active work as we do. So we're up here in our heads more. And that's why our minds are full because they're full of our, uh, you know, it's that, I, I don't know who said this quote, but I read it and it says, the biggest abuser of self is self. And I mm. think that's so true. Indeed, yeah, yeah. indeed. Well, it's like getting out of your own way, really. You, you're right. When my, I can remember when I was growing up and I live with mum and dad and my grandma was living with us. And Monday was washing day. And my grandma would spend yeah. all day washing, you know, with like a yeah. tub thing and, and with, the mangle, she had a mangle, yeah, and she, but that was it. That was she would do that all day. And in the modern world, what's happened is we've got all these labour-saving devices, and and therefore we've created time. But the question, therefore, is what do you do with the time you've created? And you're saying, well, we're spending it scrolling on screens and doing social media and doing stuff that isn't actually enhancing, isn't making us happy, it isn't enhancing the quality yeah. of our life. Yeah, we're just yeah. filling our extra time with nonsense instead of meaningful stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, to me, if I feel down, one of the one of the biggest things I've learned in the past uh, five years of working with you, it, one of the most life changing, and I know this sounds like woo, life changing, but genuinely life changing was was kindness, was random acts of kindness, doing random acts of kindness. If I ever have a day where I wake up and I don't feel happy, I will go deliberately to a drive-through coffee place or, or an eating place. I will pay for the car behind me. And I love the reaction of the person who, when I say, can I pay for the car behind? They're like, really? Like, you think people do this all the time, but they don't. So when people do it, it's genuine. And then I drive off and I just think about that person behind getting the coffees or the sandwich and the person going, it's free. And I know some of the places where I regularly am and they're like, you should see people's reactions when you're like, it's free. They're like, sorry, here's my card. They're like, no, it's free. And that gives me, it, it isn't, I'm not, I don't, I never see the people, but it genuinely makes me feel different inside. 
Yeah, it was fantastic. Once again, 12 years later, having studied it, I know that the doing one of the quickest ways for you to feel good is to do a random act of kindness for somebody else. And you just do it. You don't have to do 12 years of research. You just know that, don't you? And you do it. And you do it every day. I've seen the, I've seen the Twitter feed, yeah. you know. So here's, here's a question. I don't know what, if you'll be ans- what, what your answer is going to be on this. Are you, are you comedy or are you personal development? I am self-help comedy. Self-help comedy. Tell me what self-help comedy is then. So self-help comedy, I think we had a discussion about this. It's like where you, my philosophy in self-help comedy is teaching my audience to laugh life along. Because I think, one, we take life too seriously. You know, we know the fact that you lose your happiness at the age of 10. So when you're an adult, how do you get that back? You know, I suggest all childlike things like go and roll down a hill, (laughs) check for dog poo first, you know, things like that. But actually learning to laugh again is a really big skill. And when you go to see a comedian, you genuinely laugh. But that, but also in my self-help comedy, it's more than that. There's more than a comedian. There's a serious message underneath so that when you go away, you've laughed, you've had a great night, you've connected with other humans on a human level. But then when you go away, you're thinking about what I've said and the tips and i've got tips loads of different tips that i add into it yeah it means somebody said the other day it's like it's like an injection of happiness and that's what it is is little injections of happiness to remind you you know we all know we all know these facts right i think we all know that um the only person who stops you being happy is you uh, we all know that random acts of kindness make you happy. So why is it still, why do people still choose to be miserable then if they know it's them? <laughs> why? Why don't pe- more people go out and do random acts of kindness? Because you don't, because you don't see it. You don't, you don't see that all the time. I think there's more people than ever before, don't get me wrong, out there doing it. But like the other day, it was thank the postman day. So I made, um, I put some sweets on my door and I wrote him a note saying thank you. And I showed it on Facebook because I'm not getting people to compare. I'm giving them ideas, I think, to say, look, this is how easy it is. Stick some sweets on a door with a note for your postman to say thank you for being the postman. And some people, lemon suckers, might say, well, he's paid to do that. But he still comes every day, rain, sun and shine. And my postman in particular is jolly. It is just funny when we answer the door and it's a parcel. He's always got a bit of fun. So I wrote this note and somebody in my estate put on Facebook, this is such a good idea. I think the postman, Brian, whatever his name is, I don't even know his name. Brian will, will be really happy to receive this. And I messaged him back and said, why don't you do it as well? Then that's two people on his post round giving him a gift. Now, one is random. Two is brilliant. Awesome, girl. It's awesome. And I think I see these little things being posted every day. It is fantastic. And I love the fact that you, there's a lot of people, uh, possibly me included here, who know the science and understand the theory. And I am happy. I'm not, I'm not faking my happiness. But I don't go anywhere near, I don't do anywhere near as much of the good work that you do in terms of random acts of kindness. And I've, I've seen you wrapping food parcels for, for homeless people as well. So there's a big big heart in there yeah big heart one more can we do one more can we do one more because i know you well two more things actually because i know that you're um self-help comedy you are you are doing a few gigs aren't you you're actually in fact i think i think did this not come from when we did a book launch in waterstones and you wow we both had 20 minutes to do so um and i 
we got a book called happiness we were in waterstones in york um she had 20 minutes i had 20 minutes Shanette goes on first and I'm not joking it's probably the funniest 20 minutes I've seen of any personal development tra- trainer ever in the I was absolutely wetting myself I've heard you three or four times you're always funny but that 20 minutes really really nailed it in a in a, hilar- in a hilarious way and I had to follow that I mean it's really horrible to have to follow you so I came on and did my doctor bit you know I, I can't be funny but I'll try and be clever and it, I think it's a really good combination but after that I said you know what that was personal development comedy that self-help comedy you could maybe do some of that and, that, and then you went and just rather than just think about it and mull it over for a while you emailed me back in about two days and said i've got some dates booked for self-help comedy so tell me about them what you're doing and where can we get tickets my first one i've done my first one uh two more booked at the moment one in south wales on the 27th of april it's a friday night and on may the 4th be with you may the 4th i'm thinking of dressing as princess leah if that excites anyone get there um and uh, you're in melton mowbray i know because i'm coming yeah, Melton Mulberry. Um, I I just I have this we had this conversation and it just ignited something in me. And maybe this is you know the, the you're 45, I've got 1,660 weeks left uh on the planet if I live for all four thousand. And I think that if you want to do something, do it now. Don't why wait? Why why wait? Oh, we're gonna discuss that and we're gonna do it like two years on Tuesday, why, what, you know, the thing is, I want to be, I want to be a self-help comedian. And actually now we kind of created this little dream of having a fringe show. So if we don't, if you don't get up and do it and see if you are, I, I'm, I think as a trainer and a speaker, we're funny and it's a bonus. Whereas being a self-help comedian, you when you stand up you have to be funny that's the difference mm. and so and also i get to dress up uh, at the self-help comedy which is one of my favorite things and um, getting other people to dress up remember when you said you didn't want to be a zombie and then all of a sudden you were a zombie and you loved it um and also i've took the self-help comedy from the happiness book where you're the captain and I'm the stewardess. So I'm like the stewardess of happiness, but it's a bit more of a, it's a, it's, it's more, it's more comical. It's actually ripping the the Mickey out of self-help as well, because I, I think things like stop, drop and meditate. Do you know what I mean? You can't do that in the middle of a working day. You're in the middle of work and you've got 50 people are asking you things to do and you just want to rip your hair out or go in the cupboard and smoke on your vapor pen. And then people go, stop, drop and meditate or breathe. That makes me want to poke people's eyes out. So I think I, 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 I haven't even got time to breathe. <laughs> okay, brilliant, brilliant. Can, can I, I, I would implore people to get tickets for those gigs because I know they're going to be fantastic. I'll see you in Melton Mowbray. And then I'll also see you in Manchester on June the 2nd. <laughs> Tell me what's happening in Manchester on June the 2nd. June the 2nd, Andy Cope and I are hosting our very first Festival of Happiness because it's another thing that we've always wanted to do. And so we've just decided to do it. And I, I think it's drawn a lot more attention than we even thought. But our big thing, I think, between us is this ripple effect. I think this is the most powerful thing that people talk about revolutions, people talk about making change in society. I think the ripple effect of happiness is 
the change maker in the world. If we don't like this world that we're in because it's becoming disconnected and it's becoming miserable and people are miserable and zombies and on the phones and all this, then let's start this ripple. So on the 2nd of June, the ripple starts and we haven't got a great deal of tickets left either. So people need to get in quick because we are going to get over a thousand people now it's going to be in a room and we are going to spend the day showing you hints tips ideas sensational stories of happiness and uh dr happiness is going to give the science aren't you i am and, i am and, yes and i am going to be the the candles and the sparkle on the end of the cake on the end of the day we've got so many things in that day that by the end of the day, this is my objective, I don't know about you, Dr. Happiness, but I'm going to get everybody so off their heads and then we are going to release a thousand people into the world, back into the world, and I think the ripple is going to be phenomenal. Fantastic. Because- Absolutely, bro. I, I agree. I agree. And uh, I think, you know, we're going to get on the TV and we're going to... It's a, the UK's first ever happiness festival. So I'm so delighted and proud to be part of it. Can I tell you a secret? Go for it. You know, there's a minister for happiness in Dubai. I'm going to Dubai on the 9th of April. And there may be an interest of them, of the happiness minister wanting to meet Awesome. You're going to meet the happiness minister and make Dubai happy. We could be doing this festival on tour. Oh my gosh. Next stop, Dubai. Serious message before you go. Sponsorship. We do need, because we're not trying to make money on the happiness festival. We're trying to break even, but we've hired a big venue. We do need sponsors. So corporate sponsorship we're looking for, aren't we? If there's any businesses out there who would like to get their brand all over the the UK's first and biggest and bestest ever happiness festival, then... Definitely. And all of the all of the money that we actually make after costs goes to our spreading the happiness charity, which feeds the homeless and families in poverty during the school holidays. So imagine if you're a company and you really want to make a difference and you want to be known for something, this is this is this festival is a, a make a difference festival that will have a massive impact. Fantastic. Right, last thing, last thing. It's a question I always ask every single podcast person. I don't know if you're bracing yourself for it, but what makes you happy? <laughs> Nutella. <laughs> no, sorry. Nutella, would you like to sponsor us? Um, what makes me happy? Now, listen, this is, this is the thing, right? Because I bet loads of people just tell you the same, right? My kids make me happy. Exercise makes me happy. No. None of that makes me happy. My children suck my happiness. My exercise. <laughs> you know, this is the truth. This is a truth here on this podcast. What makes me happy, I think, instant happiness comes from music for me, like a, a personal anthem. Um, you, you've seen that when I, I talk about the personal anthem. I think personal anthem, if I really feel down, I'll just put this song on and then I'm off my head. And my new one, by the way, is Fame by Irene Carr. Oh, yes. I want to learn how to fly. And I think that people in these meetings, you know, when people go to boring meetings, imagine if your boss came in in leg warmers and just started dancing on the tables to that. Wouldn't life just be better? 
I can't argue with that. I sold it. You know, I started this conversation saying there was no plan. Um, it's going to, you're a little bit bonkers, but everything you've said has made absolute perfect sense. All right. It's made perfect sense. And there's, there's a, there's some depth behind the bonkersness. And that's what I like, you know, fantastic. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for entertaining us. And maybe boxes of frogs aren't that mad after all. No, indeed. No, no. All right. Thanks ever so much for, for joining us. And, um, I'll see you on June the 2nd. I'll see you in Melton Mowbray before then. Take care. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. And that, dear listener, is that. I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did. Congratulations, by the way, on making such a great choice of listening material. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you well. You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcasts.